0: deck the hall but it's not like Christmas at all. I remember when you were here and all the fun we had. He-
1: Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the pilots who fly those airplanes, and from traveling around the world. Going to have to excuse my voice on this episode. I uh, have a cold. I've actually been quite sick. I haven't done an episode for a few weeks. You'll have to forgive me. I uh, It's one of the perils of being a flight attendant is there's a lot of germs on board, and you know we actually pick up people's trash without gloves. I think it might be one of the only professions where you actually pick up People's trash without gloves and then say thank you. <laughs> but consequently, lots of times you end up getting sick. So I have been ill. But this episode is called Birthday Suit because <laughs> I have a lot of stories about passengers in the buff or crew members in the buff. And I actually have another story about a Santa suit. And then at the end of the episode, I have some, I want to share with you a couple touching listener emails. Um, I'm actually really truly amazed at the amount of goodwill that's shared through the electronic box we call a computer. Uh, every once in a while I get sort of wonder whether or not I want to continue doing this podcast because it is time consuming, does cost money and stuff. But then I get a comment on my website or an email that's really touching and warm and then I'm thinking, oh, I think I'll keep doing this podcast gig for a while. Looks like we're, you know, right in the middle of the Christmas season right now. So the, the emails, the nice emails and the nice comments, you know, they're, they're sort of like gifts, a lot of goodwill out there. So let's head right on into stories about airplane members in their birthday suits.
2: When we flew together, we'd, we'd, we had long layovers so we'd go out and have a beer afterwards, and uh, the second night, I was out with him, well, the first night we didn't do anything, second night I met him, and he he drinks a lot of beer, I mean, he he seems fine, but he drinks a lot of beer, so he was telling me the next day when we were flying, he said, you know, the downside of drinking a lot of beer is, you got to get up in the middle of the night, and, you know, go to the bathroom, he said, and we're in different hotel rooms all the time, so trying to remember... Where the bathroom is can be a little confusing so he said i had this great idea i'm gonna turn the light on in the bathroom and close the door and if i gotta get up i'll just find the light under the door and i'll open the door and go in there so he said so i woke up one night looked around saw the light under the door opened the door stepped in closed the door and i'm standing out in the hallway and he goes and i sleep in the nude so, so, so he goes i go down to the co-pilot's room at two in the morning and start banging on the door. (laughs) Hey, let me in. And he hears this, I don't think so. (laughs) He says, come on, it's me. He goes, yeah, I can see that. (laughs) He opens the door just enough to hand him a towel. (laughs) He says, here, put that on. Then they called security, and they said, we need you to bring a key up to this room. And he goes, well, how do we know it's yours? (laughs) He goes, you're going to just trust me on this. Let me in, I'll show you some ID. So, so he let him in. He doesn't do that anymore.
0: <laughs> Baby, please come.
3: Christmas, Christmas, Christmas.
4: So we were on our way from Los Angeles to Orlando. The flight was full, and we saw one empty seat. So we knew somebody had been in the bathroom. So it was on uh, this airplane, 767, okay. So we go to the back and we say, hello, can you come out? (laughs) Nothing. So, hola, como estas? (laughs) Nobody. I don't know any other languages. So it's like, excuse me, you have to come out. So she wouldn't respond. So I unlock the door. She locks the door back. I unlocked the door. She locks the door back. So you unlocked
1: it from the outside like we can. Mm Right. And she
4: locked it back. And she locks it back. Wait, you okay, do so now we're like, okay, what can we do? Because we can't take off anywhere, you know. And if she's a nut, we need to know now. So, okay. So she comes. So we get the mechanic. And okay, so we finally get the door unlocked where she can't lock it. So we're pushing on the door. And she's leaning back against the door so you can't oh, open the door. So finally we, we get the door, but we take the door off.
1: Oh, she has no
4: clothes on. So we like we got a full no, wait, load what? of people. <laughs> this woman has no clothes on. Why does she all no the way in the up? she does not want to fly. Now you would think you wouldn't get on the airplane. <laughs> but, no, but how does being in the bathroom with your no clothes on help you not fly? She said she didn't want to fly. So she goes into the bathroom, she takes off her clothes, so now we got to figure out how we're going to get this woman off the airplane, because she's all the way in the back on a full load, we don't want to bring her down, you know, naked. <laughs> Is she a big woman, a little woman? No, she was a nice size, <laughs> she was a, a middle age, nice, nice. wasn't fat, wasn't skinny, you know. So we have to go get the catering truck. <laughs> so we wrap her in a blanket and throw her in the catering <laughs> truck. And take off. All the people are upset. You know, like, they're missing their connections. I said, well, I'm sorry. We had this lady in the bathroom there. It took us almost an hour to get this woman off. We had, off had a naked lady in the bathroom. Naked lady in the bathroom.
1: A naked lady. Yeah, you know, so we're in route from Kuwait, and all the soldiers are on board, but they're very sleepy. So I was talking to the pilot who's flying the airplane, and he was telling about when he was in the service and how things were pretty rough.
0: I don't know if they were rough, but uh, one amusing story was in South Korea in Pohang in 95 during exercise. uh, A month and a half of solid rain, and we thought we were living the high life uh, because we actually had cots in our tents, although they were mud floors, but uh, that was was the good news. And uh, even better news was the fact that we had porter johns instead of slit trenches, and one night, uh, one of the fellow Marines went out to use the Porta John at 10 p.m. at night. And after a month and a half of rain and mud soaks hillside, he went in the Porta John only to shut the door and have it fall, ass over tea kettle, down the hill with him inside of it. <laughs> Needless to say, none of us use that Porta John anymore. <laughs>
4: it's like a nightmare, though, or
5: like a um, cartoon.
0: Life is wonderful. <laughs>
4: This woman that came on board the aircraft, and she was about 80, 90 years old, and she really needed to have assistance, but she didn't have anyone with her. So a flight attendant was there, and she needed to go to the restroom, so the flight attendant took her into the bathroom and had to do everything for her. They had to unbutton her pants and kind of take them down and do all this stuff, and then the lady went to the bathroom, they shut the door, and then when she was done, they opened the door and they helped the lady and they pulled up her pants and and they were tucking in her blouse and, and they just and she felt something gushy and she was trying desperately not to think about what was going on. So after they got her all ready to leave the bathroom, she was kinda hunched over and they said, Are you okay? Can you walk okay? And she said, I'm okay, but you stuck my boobs inside my pants. The hall, but
0: it's not like Christmas at all. I remember when you
1: were here. I was mentioning Goodwill earlier, and every year I sort of do an experiment, a flight attendant Betty experiment on goodwill, because I make my uh, Christmas cards every year, and I usually rely on the kindness of strangers to take those Christmas photos. <laughs> um I don't ever like to ask the people that I'm going to be sending the Christmas cards to to take the photo because I don't want to ruin the surprise. And I don't have children or animals to dress up, which would make, you know, taking a making a special Christmas card a lot easier. So every year, and I've been doing it for, I believe, about 15 years now, I dress up or do something to take a photo to make my Christmas card. And this year, <laughs> it I was no different. And um, I went around asking people to take pictures of me. And I'm constantly amazed. I mean, I can ask... 20 people in a day to, you know, take time out of their day and take a picture of a stranger. And you know what? They always do. There is really a lot of Christmas goodwill out there. And one year, I uh, wanted to jump out of an airplane in a Santa suit for my Christmas card. <laughs> and, you know, I had never skydived before. And uh, I didn't even really think about skydiving. I was just concentrating on getting my Christmas card photo. So I wanted to try to figure out how to keep that hat on. <laughs> the christmas santa hat i actually had a whole santa outfit whole santa suit and uh i was concerned about what shoes to wear to go with the santa suit for the christmas card all these inconsequential things right you know silly things and when i got to the skydiving place they were like uh you really want to skydive right you've always wanted to do that i'm like oh no i just want to get my christmas card photo <laughs> They're like, no, but you really want to do this, right? I'm like, oh, you know, I just, I want to get my Christmas card photo. And uh, silly me, I hadn't really thought much about actually skydiving because like I said, I was very focused on the outfit and how the card was going to look and how it'd look on the card. And when they, we got to about 12,000 feet and they opened those doors, I thought, well, we're we're not jumping out this high up. (laughs) They said, oh, yes, we are. And I honestly hadn't really thought about being scared. So silly am I until they opened that door. And if I hadn't been attached, it was a tandem jump. If I hadn't been attached to that other guy, there is no way I would have jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. But it really was a thrill. I have to say, get a high for about three days. And I can understand why those people get addicted to that thrill. Because, boy, it was much scarier than I thought skydiving. Jumping out of a perfectly good airplane in a Santa suit. But, you know, the car did turn out pretty well.
0: You should be here with me. Baby, please come
6: I had a late night flight one time and I had Mr. and Mrs. Middle America in their early 80s. <laughs> so the man came back to the galley and offered me $200 for my underwear. He said he collected underwear from all different professions of women. He had a teacher, a nurse, etc. He still needed a stewardess's underwear. What did his wife think about the underwear? She was okay with it she because I went up and asked her. Anyway, I refused them. I went, you would not want mine. Mine could double as a tablecloth. I got those big giant ones, not those little sexy ones. He goes, no, I'll still take them. And I went, no, they're not for sale. They're not. I think I got Fridays on and it's Saturday, so the days are written wrong. So $200. Yeah, he wanted to give me $200. And you don't think he was like a perv? You think he just... No, I just think he was a little eccentric. So so I was flying with this really gay flight attendant, male. He goes, shit, I'll sell him mine for $20. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the man didn't want the male flight attendant.
3: Okay, this happened like probably 15 years ago. And I was down in Guatemala with a girlfriend and we'd gone down there on vacation we were staying at the hotel and so every morning at the hotel we would order this big pot of coffee because we both just loved Guatemalan coffee so we'd like drank coffee till it was coming out our ears almost literally so anyway so it ended up that she uh, actually met her husband down at the hotel in Guatemala while we were down there so the trip yeah so the trip was over I mean they didn't get married then but they got married later uh, the trip was over, and I had to start flying again. Mm-hmm. Well, I had drunk so much coffee, I think my stomach just went into really, really bad, um, I don't know what you'd call it. Acid just, reflex uh, reflex. Whatever, acid reflux, yeah, something like that. So I was on my trip, I was on a layover on my trip, and this was right after the, the um, trip down to Guatemala. So I was in so much pain on my bed, I could hardly stand it. So I, it was at the Doral Hotel in New York. I call up downstairs and I said, I'm flight attendant. I have this really, really bad stomach pain and I don't know what to do. I mean, and I know you have a a doctor that responds to to our needs. So, anyway, so pretty soon this knock came at the door and it was like, knock, 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 knock. And I open up and it's this probably retired doctor. And he comes in and I'm just, you know, writhing with pain on my bed. And he goes, Just lie there, just lie there. He goes, Okay, now lie on your back. And I'm going, oh, like what? And he goes, he starts to touch my stomach. And he goes, you just need a good tummy rub. <laughs>
4: oh,
3: <laughs> I said, I don't think so. I think I just got better. Bye. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs>
1: I wish you could oh. on the radio see how wretched she is.
5: As a flight attendant with 33 years of experience, I've come across I've come across a lot of interesting things, but this tops it. I had this cute young lady get on, and she had like maybe a four-year-old and a newborn. She sits down, and she's very attractive, so she draws attention to almost everybody in first class. Well, I'm doing my service, and I turn around, and I look at her, and she has lifted up her sweater. She has pulled both boobies out, The four-year-old has one in her mouth, and the little, I think the baby was five months, he had the other boobie in his mouth. Well, it would have been okay if they were sitting both on her lap, but the little four-year-old was sitting next to the window in its own seat, and the boobie was stretched clear across the seat. At that time, I noticed every man in first class stand up to go to the bathroom because, of course, her seat was right by the bathroom. And they all turned in unison and looked at these two boobies stretched in two different mouths. At that time, my flight attendant from the back comes up, and he cannot believe it. She decides to put the boobies away, and I'm in shock. He calls me, and he says, next time they come out, give me a call. I'm thinking, I'm not going to call him to see that. That's disgusting. Sure enough, she whips the boobies out again. One goes in the four-year-old's mouth at the window seat. The other one goes in the five-month-old's mouth on her lap. I call the flight attendant in the back, and I said, get up here quick. Boobies are out. <laughs> Just at that moment, the captain was calling. I pick up the phone, and I'm showing my flight attendant, how i did this and i didn't know the captain was on the other line and i says boobies are out he says (laughs) excuse me i turn red i'm an african-american woman and i believe me i was red (laughs) just a little story from cheryl stanley
1: kind of like who let the boobs out (laughs) I get some great letters from listeners and uh, emails and this one comes from Leeds, England from a listener named Glenn and I thought this was especially cute. He wrote that an ex-colleague of his quit to become a flight attendant and he was heartbroken when she left because he was secretly in love with her. Luckily, she kept in touch with their group of work friends and one night she went out dancing with them. He couldn't believe his luck when he found himself slow dancing with her at the end of the night and she tiptoed up to his ear and whispered the sexiest sounding words for oh about 3 or 4 minutes in french and by the time she was finished his knees were jelly and he thought his heart was going to burst and later on he asked her what she'd said in french and she explained it was in-flight safety demonstration speech
0: <laughs> Deck the hall not like Christmas at all I remember when you were
1: here Now this next letter I got from a listener really was like a gift. I had said that I had been to Kuwait um, last month and I was doing some military charters to bring the military to and from Kuwait and I had been disappointed that I didn't get any stories. I didn't get that much interaction with the guys because we picked them up at midnight and they were tired and they went to sleep. So I got this list this letter from a listener. And I I have to share it with you because I just thought it was just the best email ever. So he said, "Uh, I just finished listening to your episode number nine. They were great stories. Sorry about getting a night flight when you were bringing our brothers and sisters home. You may not have gotten many stories to share, but I assure you that they were glad you were there. Maybe I can provide you with a story. I took those flights myself back in 90 for Desert Storm. I was an Army soldier who had his rucksack packed and had just said goodbye to my parents back in our hangar in Fort Hood, Texas. My whole battalion climbed aboard that 747, gear on our back, and an M16 on our shoulder. I thought it was funny that all these guns were on board, but I knew it was going to be a safe flight. We were at an aerial MI unit, so many of us were aircraft mechanics, pilots, and flight crew. The crew of that 747 made us feel welcome. They joked with us, made us comfortable, and fed us well for the next 16 hours. As they lay back in my seat and tried to get a nap, a nice flight attendant offered me a small pillow and said, all the comforts of home. We arrived in Saudi Arabia at 2 AM in early September. Our unit picked up our gear, formed lines down the aisles, and stepped off. We were told that anything could happen while we were on our way over. We could get attacked on the airfield as we landed. Chemical weapons were a great possibility, and we all clung tightly to our gas masks. I also grabbed that little pillow that the flight attendant gave me and shoved it in my bag. When I stepped through the doors, the heat hit me like I stuck my face in an oven. They were handing out bottles of water on the tarmac, enough to fill all of our pockets. We spent the rest of the night unloading gear and moving our unit to its new home on the side of a newly constructed runway somewhere in the middle of the desert. Another 18 hours found me crawling into a corner near a retaining wall for some much-earned rest. I pulled out that little pillow the flight attendant had given me from my rucksack and thought, all the comforts of home. Thanks for looking forward to those flights. Boy, that was just a very moving email, and I thank Glenn, and I thank all the military for all they do for us. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope that you have a very festive holiday season, whether it's in the buff or not. <laughs> and I hope you'll join me again next time for Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase. Thanks. Bye.
0: I'm Deck the Hall, but it's not like Christmas at all. I remember when you were here, and all the fun we had that year. Pretty lights on the tree, I'm watching them shine.